Hey everybody, welcome back to the Inside Indiana podcast. Alex McCarthy alongside Ben, alongside ben Ladner here uh, in the studio. Uh, we're live on Facebook, so if you have questions about IU basketball, um, hopefully it won't get too ugly in here, but we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully the Facebook Live is working. Here we go. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're, we're recording this January 5th, um, so it's a couple days after Indiana's loss to Wisconsin, which is three losses in a row for Indiana. Uh, first time in a couple of years that Indiana's lost three games in a row. Uh, they've lost two in a row at home. Um, just things are, are not really looking great at this point in the season for Indiana. And you and I were just kind of talking about this, about it's kind of impossible to pick one or two factors that are yeah. going wrong for Indiana because so many things are. Yeah, I can't. I don't know if I can like point to one thing on the on the court like as a team that they're doing. That I mean, they're. I thought in the Louisville game it was mostly a matter of them missing shots yeah. they normally make. Like Robert Johnson, one for thirteen, had a terrible game. game. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily like that he was, you know, doing the wrong things. It was it was shots he normally gets mm-hmm. that he just wasn't making. To an extent, the same thing kind of happened against Wisconsin. I mean, the Hooters shot. 52%, I think, in that game. So they were they were getting their looks. Um, it was obviously a much closer game. But I think mm-hmm. a common trend you see is just like, you know, before, after each game you talk to the, some of the players and it seems like every game they're kind of like, yeah, you know, we, we underestimated this team or we weren't ready for this game or we, we didn't get up for this. And, mm-hmm. like, it seems like, you know, every game they, they kind of come out sleepwalking and then by the time it's time to wake up, they've already dug themselves in yeah. such a big hole. Like against Wisconsin... If that 11-0 run doesn't happen in the beginning of the game, they win that game. Yeah, they can, you know, yeah. if that's a if if Wisconsin goes up like seven to five instead of eleven to nothing, you know, it's a different game, and mm-hmm. Indiana comes out on the other side of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's maybe the most concerning thing. And and Seth wrote about that this week for the site is that after the Nebraska game, Rob Johnson said that you know maybe we didn't take them seriously yeah. enough, or you know something something to that effect, and then. The other night after Wisconsin, Juwan Morgan multiple times said we weren't ready, um, and it's it's just concerning. Um, and and Alex Bozich from Inside the Hall asked a great question after the game or after Juwan Morgan said that, and he said, you know, at this point in the season, how do you guys kind of explain not being ready mentally yeah. to face Wisconsin, yeah, like, like a real team? Yeah, yeah, they're a real. They're one of the best teams in the Big Ten. Yeah, arguably the best team in the Big Ten right now. And yeah, I mean to, to be. Yeah. To just come out and not like be ready for that game is almost inexcusable. I mean, yeah, yeah, it is. And our first question on the Facebook is from Todd Parker. He says, "Will Alford ever come home?" I mean, you know, it, this happens every every couple of years. Is that you know during the season people freak out about yeah. about Tom Crean yeah, the hot about takes like were, you know yeah were out on Twitter <laughs> yeah about like you know people making coaching boards about like all right who do we want who who can we pick? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy to to be thinking about that, especially I mean Steve Alford is. Doing well at UCLA. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. I don't think he'd leave that job, especially right oh, now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I don't. I think that's mainly that's one of the big arguments for you know Tom Crean supporters is like, all right, Eugene is out there. If we fire Tom Crean, who are we going to hire? Who, that's who, always going to be better. Yeah. yeah, and they're just. I mean, I, at this point, I don't know who would really be at the top of that list. Yeah. And, and and you know, midway, you know, we're not even halfway through the season, um, so it's kind of crazy to, you know. Dan um, Todd says, you know, I, I love Korean, don't get me wrong, I, but I would love the homecoming. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe Alford would come back for like a, a team reunion or something. Yeah, um, but yeah, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's at this point in the season, it's kind of, you know, not really accomplishing much to speculate on, on coaching, head coaching 
situations or anything yeah. like do that. You think, but, do you think Green's on the hot seat right now? And if not, at what point does he become on the hot like, seat? Right, I mean, I think at the moment, I don't think, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think it's really yeah. quote-unquote hot seat situation for him. But, I mean, if they get to the end of the season and it's a... Uh, and, and they're 500 or below, you know, below 500 in the Big Ten or something like that, which isn't inconceivable yeah. at this point. Um, then I think, you know, people are right to be asking, you know, what have we really accomplished here? Um, because it's it's just so weird that the the dramatic ups and downs is that you know there's the year where Indiana was number one for a long portion of the season, go to the Sweet 16, you know, win the Big Ten, go to the Sweet 16, and then the year after that they totally miss yeah. the postseason, and then. You know, we look at last year where they again win the Big Ten, go to the Sweet Sixteen, beat Kentucky in the uh, in the tournament, and then this year things—I don't know. I mean, it's it's only halfway through yeah. the season, but it looks there are a lot of similarities, I guess, to that year a couple of years ago, the the one Noah Vonleh year, where you lose some really really important pieces. You know, you lose Yogi Ferrell, obviously, who was the most important. Nick Zaisoff, right. nice um, yeah. yeah, Max Bielfeld, guys like that. And this is a fairly young team, very talented team. Yeah. Um, but it's just, they're just not really gelling. Yeah, I think the team's more talented this year, but I think mm-hmm. I think last year's team set a kind of a dangerous precedent because they were so good, you know, mm-hmm. undefeated at home. They won the Big Ten regular season title. That expectations were maybe rightfully really high this mm-hmm. year, and, you know, to see, to see them go through a rough patch and, you know, coming on the heels of that Butler loss and then before that Fort Wayne loss, it's just yeah. like a few, like, weird things that... that you know, following such a great season, yeah, are kind of for Indiana fans riding that high of the 2016 season. It's like kind of a shock to, to see the team actually struggle for long periods of time, right? And especially to see the players who are struggling. I mean, Thomas Bryant um, came into the season as you know a lot of people expecting him to be one of the best players in the Big yeah. Ten, um, and expecting him to possibly be you know first round draft pick, lottery pick, yeah. whatever. Um, and it just really has not gone according to plan for Thomas Bryant. And, you know, people on the on the Facebook Live right now are talking about James Blackman's defense. But, I mean, I think the more important issue is Thomas Bryant's overall play, yeah. offensively and defensively. Yeah, I agree, and especially in this three-game drive spell, Deron mm-hmm. Davis is totally outplayed yeah. on both ends of the floor. And I actually thought that, you know, defensively, at, at, at the uh, North Carolina game, I thought Deron Davis played better than Bryant defensively. But I thought Bryant was still the more polished offensive player. Right. Um, but at this point, I mean... Indiana was was really making concerted effort to feed Davis in the post against mm-hmm. Wisconsin and against Louisville, um, and for the most part he was delivering. And when you know when Bryant's getting those same opportunities, it's he's not nearly as efficient, not nearly as effective, not getting to the free throw line as much, right. um, and you know not rebounding at the rate that we are accustomed to. So it, it, yeah, it's really weird to see him struggle. A guy who was touted as the best player on the team coming in and sort of the the leader emotionally. Right. And by example of this team, uh, to see him just kind of like fade back into the shadows a little bit is kind of off-putting. Yeah, and it's and I've always thought that you know the last two seasons I thought Bryant was um, the X factor, the most important yeah. player on the team because I mean last year obviously Yogi Yogi Ferrell was the the guy on that team, but you know at at, at the end of the season when Tom Crean was asked where how did this turnaround happen basically because Indiana started off so poorly and then ended up obviously winning the Big Ten, um, and his answer over and over was Thomas Bryant's development because early in the season, you know, as a true freshman, Bryant was just totally lost on ball screen defense and was maybe not 100% healthy and yeah. was just 
slow. And then as the season went along, he started playing really, you know, excellent defense. I thought, um, and obviously was was also an offensive threat. You know, shooting like seventy percent from the floor. Um, and his development, I think, was the key to Indiana kind of turning that season around. And this year, I think it's the opposite, where Thomas Bryant's kind of lack of reliability is turning Indiana's season around maybe in a, in in a yeah, negative way. way. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's it's been interesting to watch. Because, I mean, he, I think he did play well against North Carolina. I think he played well against Can You know, in those big wins, he played pretty well. Um, but in these last few games, I mean, really the last... 10 games or so, he just hasn't been getting very many shots off. He hasn't, you know, even against the, uh, you know, the sub-300 Ken Palm teams, he was still yeah. getting, like, two or three shots yeah. per game. especially against like, teams where, those teams are guys, are teams where their centers and power forwards are, like, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, yeah. 6'8". Six, yeah. I mean, Brian is way bigger, way, usually way quicker and, mm-hmm. and more skilled than all those guys, so it's... Yeah, it's just bizarre, and and it's not like they haven't been going to him. I mean, they've right. they've tried to get him the ball, and they've they've tried to give him his opportunities, um, and you know for whatever reason, it's just you look at the final stat sheet, and you, you it's, it's surprising. I mean, even if, even watching the games, it you know you look back at the the final stats, and you're like, wow, really? Like that that few points, right. that few shot attempts, yeah. uh, it's it's weird. It is. It's very strange. And and you know someone uh, on the on the Facebook Live mentioned that, you know, Thomas Bryant should stop playing like a guard and playing on the perimeter. I mean, he does play out there a lot more this year than yeah. he did last year, and um, I think he wanted to maybe prove to people that he could shoot three and could handle the ball a little bit better. But, I mean, I I don't think that's better for this team, though. Yeah, I mean, they he, have he, enough guard he's play. shooting, I think he's shooting like 40-something, low 40s from three, but that's, it, it's on a, not very many attempts right. relative to the rest of the size, team. Yeah. And that's not his, I mean, even if he, is a good three-point shooter. That's not his game. No. And it's nice to have a big man who can step out there from time to time. And he's he's done a better job of this in recent games. I think he hasn't taken that many threes recently. Right. But you know, overall, like we saw it a little bit in the Wisconsin game where he's he's out there on the perimeter dribbling, and you know the shot clock winds down. This yeah. is kind of a team-wide trend right. where you, right. you have one guy kind of pound it for 15 seconds. All of a sudden, the shot clock's at 10. Um, and a lot of the time, that, that guy is Bryant. And I think a lot of fans see that, and they say, right. oh, why is our big man on the perimeter? And there's some validity to that, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but at the same time, if you have a guy who can do that, it's not the worst thing to, to kind of you know, extend the leash a little bit at times. But yeah. uh, you don't want to do it too much. I mean, you certainly, if you have that advantage inside, in the post, with your size and your skill, I think you should use it. Yeah, you got to exploit it while you can. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and like you said, that, that seems to be... One of the big issues with this team, and really in, in, in years past as well, it's been an issue from time to time where Indiana's half-court offense is just kind of wasting time. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, that was a problem with Yogi Ferrell when he was uh, a sophomore a couple years ago. It's just kind of dribbling, dribbling for 10 seconds, 15 seconds or something, and then kind of panicking and, and trying to make a shot happen. And, and he got a lot better at that as, as his IU career went along. Uh, but this year, I mean, they're just isn't necessarily that guy who can really make things happen. I mean, Josh Newkirk yeah. tries to, and um, and he just he uses so many possessions up, either yeah. through turning the ball over or driving in and taking a shot that he shouldn't be taking. Uh, but there's not necessarily a guy who really makes things happen regularly on offense. Yeah. I mean, James Blackman, I think, has the athleticism to do it, but he just, I don't know. It's, it's he's really struggled in, the, in conference play yeah. in his last few games. I mean, he's, I think he's averaging like, 
11 or 12 right. points. Like uh, half his average that he had yeah. you know, earlier and in the I, year. I wonder if, as I think that as much as we talk about Thomas Bryant, I think, I mean, if that's going to be a trend, mm-hmm. then, you know, this this season could really spiral out of control. I think Blackman might be the guy who, more than anyone else, you need to get back on track um, because, you know, obviously we know what he can do. We saw what he did against North Carolina mm-hmm. and uh, Kansas. Against Kansas, yeah. Um, he's obviously an NBA-type scorer. I mean, he can he can put the ball in the basket for pretty much anywhere on the floor. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason against these teams recently, he just he's really struggled to do that. And it seems like it seems like they're, the ball's not going to him as much as it did early on in the season, yeah. which is peculiar. Yeah, and I don't know if that's a matter of, you know, maybe they're not drawing things up uh, for him as much. And then certainly last game, um, you know, Tom Green was talking about this after the game, because IU only attempted 15 threes last game, which, I mean, it's still a decent amount, but for IU, they usually yeah. shoot in a little bit higher volume. Um, and in the second half, they just, I think they only shot five threes in the second half against Wisconsin, and were really making an effort to get the ball inside, which, you know, obviously you want to work the ball through the post and everything like that to kind of open up the rest of the offense, but they just weren't, I mean, the strength of this team offensively is, in theory, the way that Blackman and Johnson and these guys can shoot from the outside, Um, but they just weren't really going to that that much against Wisconsin, and and I don't know why exactly that is. Maybe there's something in the back of their minds about the way that they shot against Louisville, I think four for 21 from three, Um, but, you know, if, if if those shots aren't there, I mean, I just, I just don't know where they're going to get the points from if James yeah, Blackman isn't yeah. scoring. I mean, OG Ananobi, I think, has done a little bit better job recently of kind of taking control and, and driving and making things happen. Yeah. But, I mean, you're going to need more from pretty much everybody. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about Ananobi. Do you think he's he's ready for more touches and, like, a bigger responsibility offensively? Because you're shooting, like, going into the Wisconsin game, he was shooting 58%. Mm. He went 4-4 four for four against Wisconsin. You know, his... his Three-point stroke has improved from last year. He's when he wants to be just an animal with getting to the basket. He, right. He's a great first step. Obviously, super explosive, um, and will probably be a lot a lottery pick in the NBA draft. Do you think that he's ready to kind of take on a, a bigger responsibility, especially as these other guys kind of stall out? Right. I, I mean, I think he should because um, there are a lot of times in that in that Louisville game, especially where I just like didn't even really see him around. I think he ended up shooting yeah. six for ten from the floor in that game, but still. It was like a quiet six for ten. Exactly, um, and, and against Wisconsin, you know, four for four, but he only took yeah, four, shots. four shots. Yeah, you know, I think, I think he's a guy who you can have take twelve to fourteen shots a game, and you know maybe that percentage drops off, and yeah, because if you I mean with more shots, you're I think he's going to creep down closer to fifty percent. Mm-hmm. But I mean, still, so if a guy shooting fifty percent or yeah. more, that's amazing, right? Uh, and it just seems like, you know, he just and and part of it, I I, I think it's maybe equally on him and on the play call you know he doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily look to be aggressive offensively all the time but I think if you know if the coaching staff kind of gets it in his head hey we need you to score we need you to you know take charge a little bit more maybe maybe that's a guy that can kind of create some offense for Indiana yeah and I think there's just a lack of assertiveness all around for this team especially with Ananobi because um, Tom Crean has said multiple times you know when basically whenever an opposing player like Keelan Martin or uh, Donovan Mitchell or some or Ethan Happ the other day, whenever a player really goes off against Indiana, um, Kareem gets really frustrated because there's no, uh, you know, and he says this after games that no one really wants to take responsibility for going yeah. and shutting that guy down. And we saw Ananobi 
should be able to do that. I mean, he's that guy. Yeah, I mean, last year in the tournament uh, against Jamal Murray, he was the one. He and Nick Zaislav were both kind of like, you know what, we're going to go after him. We're going to nullify him. But there just isn't really that kind of take charge mentality for some reason. Uh, And I don't know where that went. I don't know why it maybe isn't there as much um, for OG Ananobi. But, I mean, we've seen him at times be... even at times the other day against Nigel Hayes. Yeah, I thought played, he did a good job against Nigel Yeah, Hayes. he played, yeah. I think we were talking about that, at halftime maybe? Maybe I was talking with yeah. someone else after the game about it. But but where he can, he really can stop guys if he puts his yeah. mind to it. Um, yeah. And it's just, for some reason, it just hasn't been happening this year. Yeah, and he's a guy that you can you can pretty much stick on anyone. I mean, he can, yeah. in the college, maybe not in the NBA game, but in, in the college game, and I know he can guard five positions. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen a, a few instances this year where, Green will play him at the five, and he'll guard the point guard. Right. Or, you know, he'll play him at the four, he'll guard, you know, whoever the other team's best player is, and I know he's capable of guarding that guy. Um, and I, I think I think you make a good point as far as, like, you know, Indiana has the personnel to yeah. prevent these guys from having massive games. And, look, I mean, occasionally somebody, somebody's going to go off yeah. and have a big game. But it's been happening on a fairly consistent basis, and, like, they should be, like, they should be able to hang their hat on their defense because they just, like, they have so much athleticism yeah. and experience and quickness in that lineup that, like, it's, it's I think they do need someone to take charge and say, I'm going to guard this guy. Maybe it's Juwan Morgan mm-hmm. off the bench. Maybe maybe Freddie McSwain sees a few more minutes as maybe a defensive yeah, maybe. stopper. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing is that they have guys who have proven that they can play good defense. OG Ananobi has. Juwan Morgan, as you mentioned, has. Rob Johnson in the past has been a yeah, pretty good defender. perimeter defender. I, I mean, Newkirk is a good defender. Um, yeah, he, yeah. You know, he's he good, can be. quick sliding his feet. Offensively, right. I think, is where most of the frustration comes with him. Right, right. And we've gotten a couple questions. Yeah, Newkirk. Why is getting Newkirk in so many minutes from... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jeremy Hostetler. Um, that's, that's a good question. I mean, because there is kind of a temptation to just have, like, Rob Johnson bring the ball up. And that, think, that's what I thought was going to happen. I, yeah, I thought so, too. Yeah, I thought it would be... You know, Johnson, Blackman, Morgan, Imanobi, and Bryant. Which I still think, now that everyone's healthy, I think that is probably the, the best lineup for India. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Tom Green wants that sort of traditional point guard, a ball handler, a guy right. who can get you into your stuff. But, you know, Robert Johnson is, we saw him play point guard a little bit last year. And yeah. He's a guy that's he obviously knows the offense. He's, right. a, he's a junior. Um, he's a guy, I think, that can do that. And, right. you know, with, with Newkirk struggling and, these recent games, maybe he's, he benefits from coming off the bench you know, without sort of that, that pressure that comes with starting. Maybe maybe that's something that could change the complexion of this team in a good way is maybe a, a lineup shakeup. Yeah, yeah, and um, I was actually writing about that today. Uh, I haven't uh, published that yet, but I, I was writing about just kind of what Tom Crean was saying after the game the other day about his lineups and his starting lineups especially because um, he was just saying that basically I don't know what I want to do starting yeah. lineup wise because obviously this is not working. <laughs> I mean, yeah. when they you know they go down sixteen to two the other day to Wisconsin. I mean, you need some kind of energy to yeah. start the game, um, and that lineup just is not working as well yeah. as it needs to be. I think it's Morgan. I think Morgan should mm-hmm. be in there because it seems like you know every time he comes in, if Indiana struggles early, he comes in. And sort of picks it up, you know, gets them back in it, and and that's you know when they when they started cutting that deficit early on against Wisconsin after that initial run, mm. a lot of it was because Morgan checked into the game. Yeah. He was playing really you know, that put back dunk, um, and just a really good all around player. So I think 
I think swapping Newkirk and Morgan and, and sort of going with a more, a bigger sort of more mm-hmm. versatile look with your uh, starting lineup would be a good thing. And I, you know, I, I broadcasted that Wisconsin game for WIUX and Brad Davis and I were talking on the broadcast about how Crean did some really interesting things lineup wise. He played, he played Morgan and Ananobi together more than mm-hmm. we've seen all season, which is something that I think he should do more of. Yeah. That's, I mean, you put those two guys at the forward spots and that's, uh, pretty devastating, or it can yeah. be at least. Um, he played, I thought it was really interesting how many minutes he gave to Morgan and Anobi and McSwain right. at the same yeah, time. McSwain a lot. Yeah. And that's something that I, I actually, after the Louisville game, I was you know, on the on the ride home, I was kind of sitting there, I was like, you know, it'd be really interesting to see those three guys together, because they're all super athletic, right? really big, can switch across a lot of positions, and do a lot of things for you defensively. I think that's a look that we'll see more of as we enter Big Ten play. Because all those guys, all those guys are just super athletic and versatile, and uh, you know you can put Ananobi at the five and and let him bang with some of the bigger dudes, right. and then that creates matchup advantages on the other end. Yeah. Um, so I'd be interested to see those three play more minutes together. Yeah, definitely. And and McSwain is kind of interesting because he just it's he gets so few minutes per game. You know, it seems like Korean has kind of slowly have been introducing him into the game, but then he played a bunch against Wisconsin the other night. Yeah. And so I'm curious to see, you know, like you said, how much he gets in there and where they use him in terms of, yeah. you know, who he's playing alongside, who he's guarding, everything like that. Um, and and actually on the on the Facebook, uh, Jeremy Hosteller said that, um, and and this is correct, that Crean after the game said that he, he didn't he didn't want to start three guards, so he wanted a little bit bigger lineup. The weird thing to me um, is that before the game on his pregame radio show, Crean said that he was going to start three guards. Yeah, and then he ended up not starting three guards. So, I mean, is there that much confusion in the starting lineups that he doesn't that you know half an hour before the game he doesn't even know who yeah. he's starting lineup wise? I mean, it's just it seems like he is still trying to figure out who plays well together. Yeah, I think so. And I think you know when you go through a, a rough patch like this, it kind of makes you do some searching for that. Kind of makes you mm-hmm. question and say, say like, what do we need to change? What do we need to shake up to kind of get out of this rut? Um, so. Yeah, I, I would be I would be interested to see, uh, you know, maybe Newkirk coming off the bench with mm-hmm. Johnson and Blackman in the backcourt. I think that's, you know, I think he, there's enough defense in there and also enough scoring uh, and with that balance. I think that's a, a viable group. Yeah, yeah, and and we've talked a lot about some of the negatives with this team, um, but it, there are there have been bright spots. Obviously, yeah. we talked about Jaron Davis earlier. Um, I think Jawan Morgan is having a great year, um, which um, I expected, you know, to an extent. Um, but he can, when he's healthy, um, he can just do just about anything. Yeah. I mean, he's um, he's been a little bit of both he and Ananobi are, are very similar in the sense that they can they can guard multiple positions. They can, I mean, I, Morgan's a better ball handler, I think. But they can yeah. step out from time to time. They can play really anywhere on the court. And I think Juwan Morgan, if there is going to be kind of a vocal leader on the court, I think Morgan is has been asserting himself as that guy. Yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. And I think, because, you know, the the two, obviously Colin Hartman is hurt. You're, you know, your sole senior is not on the court. Uh, and then the two juniors, I mean, James Blackman and Rob Johnson are just not loud guys. Yeah. They're just really not very assertive. And then, um, you know, Newkirk is is also a junior, but he's this is his first year playing here. And then you move to that sophomore class and, like, I expected Thomas Bryant to be really assertive this year because because of just that's his personality. Yeah, he's, he's always loud, he's a he's really talking. emotional guy. Yeah, yeah, but it just ha- doesn't 
really seem to be that way so far. Um, and so I think John Morgan is just kind of the, the guy that people look to, you know, yeah. when, they, when they're asking questions and things like that. And we've even seen it, uh, and this is, you know, who knows how much this translates to the court, but even during press conferences, guys kind of tend to, you know, look to Juwan yeah. to answer yeah, questions, questions and things like yeah. that. And I think that's a little bit telling. Um, to an extent of just, yeah. you know, I think I think he can be the guy moving forward for Indiana. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, um, are, are there any other positives that have kind of stood out to you recently? Yeah. Well, just one interesting note that I, I think is you know fascinating is you talk about like sort of the the leader, the emotional guy. Uh, I was reading Greg Doyle's column for the Indy Star after yeah. the Louisville game, and he mentioned the strength and conditioning coach Lionel Anderson. <laughs> yeah. Who, if you follow Indiana basketball, you know he's a you know, pretty vociferous guy, and yeah. you know, when he when he gets locked in and he's pumping those guys up, he's. I mean, I was sitting down by the court the last two games, hmm. listening to him kind of you know yell at the players, getting their faces about pregame, uh, you know, about getting getting them hyped for the game, and you know, I wanted to go out there and fight someone after uh-huh. hearing that. I mean, he's <laughs> yeah. he he really just riles these guys up, um, and you know, maybe maybe they kind of look from him and take a page from his book, but that's tough though when he's sitting on the bench and he, right. he can't go yeah. out there and and you know actually translate that to the court. So I think, um, you know, obviously at the end of the day it falls on the players. You know, they got to, yeah. if, if they can't get up for games, that's on them. They need to be able to do that. But, you know, he's a guy, because the rest of the coaching staff is not really a, a loud, fiery bunch. No, but really. But Anderson, you know, just a super intimidating guy and uh, <laughs> yeah. gets that look in his eye before games and just starts yelling and hyping everybody up. Mm. I don't know, maybe, maybe he's the guy. I thought that was an yeah. interesting point. He is, yeah. He yeah. is... Definitely, definitely loud. I mean, it was because I was sitting courtside for the uh, during the Louisville game as well, yeah. um, like right by the IU bench, and he's just going all game. Mm-hmm. And he's yelling at guys during during huddles and things like that, which is I don't know, kind of kind of odd because you know not only is he not a player, but he's not even a, a basketball yeah, guy exactly. really. I mean, yeah. he's you know he, I think he played football. I mean, he's he's mm-hmm. not a necessarily a basketball mind, but he's a, a motivator in a lot of ways and. Maybe that's what this team needs. I mean, they yeah. just need a little bit of... I think that's it. I think the motivation yeah. is, is the main thing. Like like I said at the beginning, you know, they're getting the shots they normally get. Mm-hmm. They're, that they're not. I don't think their execution has dropped off that much. I just think it's, you know, they come out flat and they, they don't really have sort of that pep and punch that you need to start games. And so I think the, the motivation and uh, sort of the emotion, whatever you want to call it, is, is what's lacking. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. seems to be the issue right now. It's just they don't have that that attitude, that kind of fight to them. I mean, that's what Juwan Morgan was saying after the after the game the other night was just, you know, we didn't, you know, the difference between the team that beat North Carolina and the team that lost three in a row is just they don't really have that same fight. He was and another thing, I think this team kind of plays to the level of their competition. Hmm. Like, I think that's a big reason why they lost to Fort Wayne and Butler, mm-hmm. Which Butler's a good team, yeah, but yeah, Butler beat not as number talented, one last night. right? Yeah, but I don't think as talented as as Indiana. Um, you know, Wisconsin and Louisville, I think at the moment are better teams than mm-hmm. Indiana, but for the most part, I think you know Indiana's about as good as their opponent, and that's if you're going to be a great team, that's that's not the right. mentality that you need to have, right? And if you're if you're going to be a great team, a team that wins a conference title, you're going to need to beat. A 500 Nebraska team yeah. when you have them at home. Yeah, I mean should, whether there's skills there or not. I mean exactly. Just, there's no yeah. excuse for losing to that team. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. There's a lot of uh, a lot of negative negativity, obviously, throughout the fan base. Uh, we've seen that on the 
on the Facebook Live here. We've seen it on the message boards everywhere, on Twitter everywhere. Um, but it's still early enough where Indiana can turn it around if they if they figure out something. I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of things to work out, but uh, maybe it starts this Saturday. Home game against Illinois, uh, five o'clock tip. We'll be there. Um, but yeah, and that's basically all we've all we've got today. Thanks for everyone who chimed in on Facebook. That was yeah. it was good to get some some feedback, some questions, or anything like that. Um, but yeah, thanks for for being on today, Ben. We'll hopefully we'll do more of these, you know, throughout the semester, throughout Big Ten play. Uh, but until next time. Thanks for listening. For Ben Ladner, I'm Alex McCarthy, and we will talk to you next time.